Hi, welcome back to PH Expanded with Mike McDonald. Okay, so that was good, wasn't it? That was uh that was really good. Uh, I predicted a 3-0, but uh I thought I was being a little overconfident with that. But you know, every once in a while you get these pivotal six pointers with Arsenal, and we really turn it on at home. And so I was leaning on that, but um that really was a quite well-rounded performance. Um, so let's crack on here. I've got my sliding doors moment is an interesting one. I uh, have been sitting here for about half an hour debating before I pressed record what I was going to pick. And not that it's that important to anyone's life what I say coming up here, but only to say that there were so many I could choose. How did the game swing when did it swing what was the pivotal moment and for me I think it was the uh, penalty kick the response to the miss from the penalty spot um, you know as we all know when you miss a penalty kick you can completely reinvigorate the opponent especially with the opponent that thinks that the game's about to be gone down to 10 men Uh, 2-0 down, away from home, pivotal game, um, and so much disappointment at that moment. But we reinvigorate. Now, if you watch that uh, period back, perhaps even just the 15-20 seconds after the penalty kick, when the ball goes out onto the right, and you see how quick Arsenal are to press and to win the ball back and slow it down and control the game again. And normally, if you give an opponent uh, the time and that energy that they feel in their legs again, and you give them that opportunity to come back into the game, the next five minutes can be torture. Because you're still swilling around in your mind, the the thought that you thought this thing was done, and it's not, and trying to process that, and now you're being attacked by a team full of energy and belief, and so I think that that was the pivotal moment that we shut that down. So that's more maturity from Arsenal. That's another improvement. We can't ignore it. These things are good. They've got to keep happening. That's the issue with Arsenal is we don't know if any one thing is going to keep happening. The defensive structure is probably the biggest plus in our season because it keeps happening. We keep showing good defensive organisation and structure and uh, certainly compared to how Arsenal were in the past 10-15 years where that really wasn't a part of our game. So um, that's our consistent piece but all these other pieces like this moment's post-penalty kick are important, but they've got to be repeated, right? Okay, so moving on to the uh, positive that I wanted to pick out. And I don't want this to sound like an I told you so moment, because I wasn't the only person that just laid low when everybody else was throwing the rocks at Arteta after the the loss a few weeks ago. Um, I just feel like I have an advantage in the fact that I can, uh, again, I can process Arsenal through a laptop 
and uh, thousands of miles away from where most of you are. And so, you know, I have that advantage that I don't have it at work the next day. Uh, the kids that I teach and my uh, my colleagues don't know what an arsenal is. <laughs> well, actually, I live in Tennessee, of course, so they, they know it as a group of weapons and they've all got lots of them in their safe in their basement, but I digress. Anyway, um, my positive is that uh, I think that it's important that we see this season as it has consistently been showing us, which is young team, youngest in the league, learning, improvements are happening consistently, not necessarily the same ones, but we're seeing uh, forward progress in our team, in our squad and in our coach. And there will probably be two wins and a loss and two wins and a loss just to grab a pattern. But you know what I'm saying, right? This is probably how it's going to be. And if we can stick it out and not ignore the positives, even in defeat, I think that we can keep our heads straight and not lose our rag over a situation that was reversed two weeks later, as this has been now where we two weeks ago we were on, on the precipice of fourth place, had an opportunity, and we blew it. Two weeks later, we're in fourth place. So I've always hated to be one of those knee-jerk people that throws the rocks because I sort of don't want to feel personally like an idiot on the backside a few weeks later because football just changes so quickly. And we know over this Christmas period, if we have a successful Christmas period, we could solidify this fourth place somewhat, but it could go the other way. And I don't know. If you read my last piece on, on Arsenal bingo, I'm a believer in this Arsenal team being a little bit of everything. And it's really hard to, um, to tell what we're going to get. And I know that seems like something that's so such a regular footballing thought, but uh, I think it's just very much where Arsenal are. Having said that, I do think that yesterday may have been a turning point. Gosh, I say that sheepishly. And I say it sheepishly because uh, of what I've just said, but there was something about yesterday and almost the ease with which we dismantled West Ham. And that was a six-pointer, and we didn't make it look, apart from the first 25, 30 minutes, where we were cautious, not tense, we didn't make too hard a work of it. And I think many folk thought that that was just going to be a back-and-forth affair that could have gone either way, and it really didn't look like it was ever going to go their way. So, anyway, moving on. Uh, okay, so... Uh, the need that I want to pick out is the issue of Granite Xhaka. And that's such an interesting one. I'm not sure if... I, I don't often listen to the press conferences as much as others do because I just get a little bit bored of the questions that get asked when I would rather have tactical questions asked and, and bored of the answers. You know, I understand why Arteta does what he does and he's got to do that, so I'm not blaming him. But I stay away from, from most of that. 
and just read the quotes on uh, on social media. But uh, I don't know if anyone's really asked him about why Granit Xhaka's come back from a serious injury and played, is it three 90 minutes in a row or similar? That's really interesting, isn't it? Uh, we all think the answer is the guy's some kind of uh, robot athlete, you know. But what's more interesting to me is the question of why did we need him to do that rather than bring him back slowly when we had Sambi and, to be fair, Maitland-Niles doing a rather good job. In fact, Sambi had just had a man-of-the-match performance. And is anybody asking Arteta why players are able to have man-of-the-match performances and then just disappear? That would be a great question. Not necessarily for yesterday because we're on a high, but um, I think that the Granite Xhaka thing has got to do with trust and obedience. And again, from my coaching head, when I pick a team, I can tell you, I imagine what's going to happen. And a player like Xhaka, if I coached like Mikel Arteta, very hands-on, very meticulous, details, details, precision, Granite Xhaka will obey me. He does what he's told. So because I can trust him, even though he might not be of the level of some of the other players, I know what I'm going to get. I feel comfortable with that. And with a younger player like Sambi, who's a little looser in his choices, I don't know. He could be brilliant. And he could not be brilliant. But with Granite, I'm thinking for most of the time, I'm going to get a 7 out of 10. And that's good enough. And that might sound crazy, how 7 out of 10 is good enough, 6, 7 out of 10. But it depends on his role. If his role is just to get it and give it, and organise and be structured, then he's rarely going to get above that. He's just not going to stand out enough for the people that rate players to get a higher score. But the coach is cool with that because he doesn't need everybody to play. And when I say that, I don't mean play the game. I mean, just, you know, be creative, imaginative, stand out, eye-catching. That's not his job. And if he tried to do that, it wouldn't work. So, I don't know. Um, either way, it's all very interesting, isn't it? This Granit Xhaka uh, thing. And we, we all feel probably that it's going to end soon and we keep thinking that and it keeps going on. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know where that thing's going to end up. I, uh, I would have made the assumption that uh, in the summer that he will, uh, he will move on and we'll move on from him. Um, but we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. I do think that he gets to play also a lot because uh, of his leadership, uh, work ethic at, at training that we hear about a lot and maybe more to the point that we're such a young team. And so there is a need, whether we see it or not, or whether we want to admit it or not, that the youngest team in the Premier League has some senior leaders on the field. And we don't really get to see the effect of that quite so much as we do all the other details. So uh, worth considering. So uh, last thought coming up here. Um, I, uh, uh, in the hope section, I just want to uh, grab a hold of uh, a couple of things. The Abamyang situation, 
uh, I think is good. I think it's good in the short term and I think it's good in the long term. In the short term, it wasn't working. Uh, he was replicating for a while Arsenal's trend of a couple of wins and a loss, a couple of wins and a loss and that kind of thing. So, um, But then it's dried up and it something seems to have changed. So um, I think that he's started to set a pattern of inconsistency that he's never shown really before in his career at Arsenal. And it's worrying because when, with a player like him, when he doesn't score, he doesn't contribute much offensively. Defensively, to be fair to him, he seems to understand how to press and when to press and does the defensive side of the game rather well. And he's competing in the air uh, better this season than last. So there's that. But I think that uh, the most likely scenario is that the club have had uh, many talks about the transfers coming in, be it January or in the summer, and that whether it's the Cronkies or whoever it is has given Arteta the uh, 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 the conundrum of having to get rid of your 250 to 300k a week uh, striker if you want to bring one in. That just seems all kinds of logical to me. Um, it um, would be hard to get a potentially elite striker having to pay them a similar amount of money if one that you're not going to use anymore is on that money already. And for a club like Arsenal to justify that when we're not in Europe. So I think that that's what's going on. And then because of that, I would do exactly what Arteta has done. Now, this is not about the captaincy. This is about Aubameyang staying at the club. Okay, the captaincy thing, I don't even really want to get into because I don't know all the details. And I think that that's, again, probably a little foolish to get into that without knowing exactly what happened. And we see all the stuff on the field, so we can talk about that. But this, I just don't feel as comfortable with. But I do feel comfortable in the knowledge Uh, and this is going to sound harsh and extreme, which is not like me, but I feel it, is that I don't think he's an elite striker that people think he is. I don't think he's a superstar. I think think just because he's got, you know, uh, a cool hairstyle, I'm not even sure it's a cool hairstyle, but um, and lots of fancy cars and nice clothes and the big smile and he he acts like a superstar. And um, I, I just think people can get lost in that sometimes and I don't see him that way. I see him when he's at his best as a very good European striker, but that's it. But when he, but your average Aubameyang performance is replicated by uh, players around Europe who can offer much more than he can offer. And he's just too limited for us where we are now. We have to have the option of a physical presence, a hold-up presence, an aerial threat in the box, and he's just not willing to do that. Uh, even though he's physically probably capable, he's just never been willing to be a physical player, particularly in the box, but also outside of the box too. So I think it's time to move on and I don't get too attached to players because they move. So um, I think I'm cool with this. I feel really good about this situation and uh, I would guess that he may well end up in January at Barcelona because uh, of what's happened with Sergio Aguero. Uh, and I think that would be good for him. Uh, not sure, so sure that he'll play as much as he thinks anywhere that he's going to go. 
But I just can't wait for Arsenal to bring in this striker because it's it's not the final piece. There's other things to do in the squad, but that could transform many other things. That, I think, would be the common denominator to many things that are not going right on a bad day starting to go right. Because, as I said in my piece, modern football is played through this sort of inverse playmaker who's now a centre-forward dropping deep as a pivot, as a distraction. So, strategically, that player is becoming so much more than just the guy in the box to put the ball in the net. And so, he is just so important, whoever this guy is. And he really needs to have a much more rounded set of attributes than a centre-forward has ever had. And so I look forward to, and I trust the club to find that because they've been rather good lately, haven't they, in finding the right player. Uh, in fact, they've been excellent in the last window. My goodness. I also want to mention before I go that uh, something that wasn't mentioned quite so much after this game tonight was that the senior players decided to step up alongside the junior players. Even though the junior players scored the goals, you look at Party's performance, that was elevated. Um, Jacques was Jacques, of course. Lacazette raised his performance twofold. Um, and so just that little core group there, those three are needing to match the consistent level of uh, effectiveness, I suppose, that the younger players in our squad have had and have been carrying us with. And so maybe that's one of the final pieces of the jigsaw to get the full potential out of this group at this stage is to get our senior players to play at that higher level the way that the younger players have been playing. So think on that one. I think uh, that's a decent point, that one. Anyhow, I don't know what the time is on this thing here. It's, uh, oh gosh, look at that. I've gone over. That's all right. I've had fun recording this one. I feel chipper after that result and I look forward to beating Leeds 7-0 like Manchester City, right? And that's not going to happen, but I look forward to it not pouring with rain. I think it, last time we went up there, it was just woeful weather conditions and, and such. So uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Of course, I will be talking or writing again before Christmas, but... Uh, we're in the midst of the season. I get out of work now uh, tomorrow and get to go on a trip with my lovely wife. So I'm a fortunate guy and looking forward to lots of family time. Uh, so I hope you are having uh, a good time also and enjoying the season. God bless.